0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Interviews.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of News Laundry Interviews. I'm Snigdha and I'm extremely pleased to introduce you to our guest, Tongam Reena. She is the Associate Editor of Arunachal Times and she mainly reports on hydropower, environment and current affairs. Tongam is also pursuing her PhD in Tribal Studies. And a few of the many awards that she has won include Ladli Media Awards, CNN-IBN Indian of the Year in Public Service, Prize for the Freedom and Future of the Media, which was awarded by the Media Foundation of Leipzig in Germany. Hi, Tongam. Hi. And thank you so much for finding time to join us today. How have you been doing? All well. Thanks for reaching out. Thank you so much. And I'm so curious, Tongam, how is that uh, nocturnal winged creature that you recently met and you tweeted about, uh, <laughs> I, I'm talking about your recent tweet where you said you caught a long-tailed <laughs> Um
0: Actually, we don't have that species here in Arunachal, but the Wildlife Institute of India, they said that it's found in uh, Italy and where the hydropower is coming up. So I was just trying to be funny.
1: Oh, <laughs> I see. So, uh, Tongam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, I'm from Darjeeling myself and I'm so uh, curious to know where you grew up and maybe a bit about your childhood days, you know, things that shaped you and influenced you to do what you do today.
0: Um, I grew up in a very small village in East Siang. It's a district in Arunachal yeah. with my uh, maternal grandparents. Mm-hmm. So that's why I guess I'm still in love with nature, you know,
1: right. with
0: rivers and mountains. Of course, we have many, many here, but then I grew up in a lake of nature, so it kind of shaped me.
1: Right, I'm, right.
0: Sti- I'm still in love, and I found, uh, you know, media where I can write about this. So, yeah.
1: Right. So, you always wanted to be a journalist, is it?
0: No, not really. I wanted to be a newsreader.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Uh, that's because, you know, uh, BBC and, uh, you know, Doodarshan, mm-hmm. it wasn't too loud like these days, you know? Those days, it was still very okay. Right. <laughs> so, Graceful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and my dad is like, oh, no, you're too shy to be a new reader are you sure? I'm like, okay, I, this was just, you know, one of things that, uh, you know the growing up thing
1: so. yeah <laughs> okay um so uh Tungam, what is it like uh you know what is it like uh, being a journalist in Arunachal you know because uh we as journalists living in the city I'm sure I mean we realize how different it must be right compared to you know I'm talking in terms of access resources support you know stuff like that how different is it working as a journalist there, compared to working in like a metro city?
0: It's difficult to access information uh, that is there. And also, sometimes it's uh, difficult to write about certain things because you, know, you always ha- have to worry about the, the replications.
1: Right. Uh,
0: sometimes right. you might write about... You know, when you write, you usually don't think about replication. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen it, uh, you know, happening. So it's uh, mostly, uh, you know, you have to be sensitive to what the reaction is going to be. If you're writing Mm -hmm. about a certain tribe or if you're writing about a certain topic, you know, you have to be very sensitive. And I I think it's changing now. Hmm. Uh, It was much more difficult earlier. Now it's changing. But getting information is extremely difficult.
1: Right. So uh, you mean like, you know, how in cities, even uh, our next door neighbors, we often don't know who the next door neighbor is. But, Mm -hmm. you know, in small places, uh, everybody knows everybody. So that must uh, uh, play a major role in, uh, you know, how your life is as a journalist, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know almost everybody. So it's, I mean, the place where I stay, Itanagar, is not even 50,000 people. Wow.
1: Okay. So, uh, there was a recent statement, you know, by the uh, Press Council of India, uh, raising concerns over many online threats of physical violence that were made against you. And Mm. this was in regard to your article titled Wildlife Hunting on Spike, which was basically about how hunting has increased in protected forests since the lockdown began. So can Mm. you tell us a little bit about the report and what got people so offended?
0: Um, it was just a simple, you know, report on wildlife and how the lockdown has, you know, led a more spike in hunting. So many people are bored sitting at home. So Mm. they go out to the jungle and hunt. And this was told to me by the forest officials and which I wrote about it. And also at that time, Mm. uh, uh, King Cobra was killed by a few people here and it was already viral. on Exactly. uh, Yeah internet so yeah so then I reported about that and next day of course it was picked up by the media from elsewhere mm-hmm. from Delhi mm-hmm. and Guwahati, and you know mm-hmm. so those reports were like you know uh, they were like oh a cobra was killed because people have no food right in Arunachal so then I then of course everybody's like, oh, she wrote about it. Then everybody picked it up, and she she brought shame to the state. Mm. That was one. The second one mm. was because a lot of uh, a lot of, as you know, you know, many people from the north is they had to, they have to, then they're still going through uh, racism, right? Because right. Uh, of coronavirus exactly. and. Uh, about the food habits hmm. so people who were who are staying outside they got offended they're like I'm aging on to the problems that they are already facing mm-hmm. so these two things really triggered
1: right right but uh, obviously I mean uh, the video had already gone viral before your report so Tungam I was asking you what would you first of all what would you like to say to these people who are uh, Saying that, uh, you know, your report uh, is encouraging racism against people from the Northeast.
0: See, I think uh, racism is already there. It's always been there. And, uh, you know, the report that uh, the the social media really took it to a very different level. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect that Mm -hmm. kind of attacks and kind of justification that they were giving. Hmm. See, when I wrote about that, racism was not in my mind.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: though I was, I I know, I know that a lot of people were going through so many. India has always been very racist. You know, it's it's always True. been very racist towards the people of the northeast. I know that hmm. many of us have faced it firsthand. Hmm. Hmm. So there was, you know, so I I just couldn't understand why they were saying that. You know, we were. I was, I encouraged racism, so that was yeah. very difficult for me to deal with and also it, it was horrible to, uh, to read all those anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Uh, Tongam, do you think, uh, you know, the general ignorance of mainstream media towards the Northeast region has a role to play in how people are so ignorant? About their own <laughs> brothers and sisters from the Northeast, you know what I mean?
0: Hmm. I think there obviously is like, you know, ignorance, mm. but at the same time, I think there is no representation in the media, right? Mm. No representation of people from the Northeast.
1: Exactly. And there's
0: barely anything written about the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, I mean, Sometimes you might read reports about uh, floods or sometimes about the Chinese hmm, activities hmm. along the border yeah. or sometimes, you know, NSC and um, having a dialogue with the government. That's right. about, you don't get to hear many things.
1: So people only care when it uh, directly has some effect on them otherwise. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, you've been a journalist for so long. How do you think we can uh, we can deal with this. How do you think we can uh, overcome this ignorance, you know, especially mainstream media?
0: is it a structural racism? It, it will take some time, you know, to go. But first mm. of all, we need to change everything. We, you know, the history, the culture, the, about the people, it has to be, you know, taught in the schools, colleges, universities. Mm. It's not taught. Mm-hmm, it has to change mm-hmm. from there. And Regarding media, I'm really not very encouraged, uh, you know, about the trend. I really don't think there there are even like 15 people from the region yeah, in, in in your so-called mainstream media. Right. What do you think could be like some solutions? I think um, more need to be written, you uh-huh. know. Mm-hmm. Our history need to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. There has, to, you know, um, there has to be more writing. Right. Uh, not only by people from outside but ourselves as well and i'll continue to say that uh, uh, the books need to have our history the school mm-hmm. books the, yes. the, the college you know
1: yeah yeah true uh, uh coming back to the your report on uh, uh, uh the spike in hunting uh, uh, i was reading it and uh, you know, the forest official who was in charge uh, when you went to speak to him uh, about the steps the department is taking to counter large scale hunting uh, in the area, he refused to speak. So uh, what do you think of the increasing lack of transparency and hostility of the government against journalists and media organizations who try to bring some accountability to the public from the government, you know? <laughs>
0: I don't know how to deal with these people sometimes. You know? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's their job to give us information. It's my job to pass on the information, you know, yeah. even if it's very critical. I mean, my reports usually are very critical, but at the same time, I take, you know, I I try and ask them, you know, what is, what led to this? What is mm. your take on this? If mm. they don't want to respond to that, I'll write that as well, you know, they don't want to respond. But yeah. it was quite funny, as in like, I tweeted about it and, mm. and I think that i i was told by my colleagues you know that he responded to their calls ah i see yeah okay and and yeah i mean i i'm not going to stop reporting because these people that because just because they don't want to share information
1: right right uh, I mean, this is a is not just there i mean this is a general problem that journalists have been facing across the mm. country Um. And uh, recently, ever since the lockdown began, there is like a, a quite a significant increase in uh, you know uh, the government's uh, efforts <laughs> to gag the media. You know, threatening journalists, uh, slapping them with FIRs,
0: all kinds of things. The news laundry has been you know kind of documenting right the yeah. atrocities and the fires that's been right against the against the journalists, and it's there's been a huge rise in. Uh, you know, it, it not that it was like safe earlier also, but it's gotten worse in the last five six years.
1: Right. And
0: right. Uh, suddenly, suddenly, you feel very unsafe. You know, and you look at your colleagues everywhere in Kashmir,
1: mm. in
0: Himachal Pradesh. Everywhere mm. you see in in, uh, in Tamil Nadu, you see there is you know attacks against the journalists. Knowingly, they do it. Right. They want to get media. Yes. Yes. and It is hugely problematic, not only for the media industry, but for us as a country, you know. We cannot keep saying that, oh, we are the largest democracy in the world. But, mm-hmm. and, but then you also have a lot of jails, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. this cannot go on.
1: Right. And what do you think uh, journalists can do to
0: uh, deal with, I mean, continue working under such circumstances? Uh, I think many are still doing what they have to do but I would say that you know big media especially television media is more or less to be blamed to a large extent Mm -hmm. they are so blatantly for working for the government and of Mm -hmm. course they are the cheerleaders and it doesn't really help the cause of democracy or the media in this country. I don't know how, mm. how this can be stopped, but I wish, you know, there is some mechanism where the governments or the officials just do not randomly, you know, um, file cases, file uh, fires against journalists. Mm. Tongam, do you think uh, bodies
1: uh, like Press Council of India and Editors Guild of India, do you think they are active enough in, uh, uh, you know, uh, dealing with uh, this kind of a situation? Do you think they're vocal enough in no, protecting they are not, journalists?
0: No, they're not vocal enough at all. They're not doing their job. I mean, they're just just there because there has to be a body of editors and there has to be a PCI. Mm-hmm. They're not doing their job. I don't even respond to letters, PCI, you know, sense, because what, what are they doing? They're, they're doing nothing. They can do so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what? See, the only thing they do is like, you know, okay, I will ask an explanation from the government. Hmm. Hmm. What else after that? Yeah, they just condemn they, the act or whatever. Yeah, that's have it. to come out and take a stand on what happened with the journalists in Kashmir. Hmm. Or, or even regarding the flow of information, you know, nothing. It's just yeah. a government body, you know, not doing their job like right. any other government job but what
1: <laughs> right right listeners uh for those of you who are not aware of the details and uh Tungam, i'm really sorry for reviving such horrible memories but i mm. think uh, you know it is very important for everyone to know the serious dangers that a journalist often faces in this country and you know hats off to you for carrying on doing what you do in spite of what happened. You know, you're really an inspiration for journalists around the world. Um, So listeners, around nine years ago, on uh, 15th of July, 2012, Tungam was uh, shot at by a gunman outside her office in Arunachal's capital, Itanagar. And uh, she suffered serious injuries to her intestines and the bullet just grazed her spine and it took her a long time to recover. And this happened just two months after her office was vandalized. Um, following her reports about a scam in the public distribution system and, you know, some dubious
0: hydropower deals.
1: Tongam, um, so, I'm sorry, but I have to ask you this. Uh, can you tell us exactly what happened?
0: I think it was the Sunday. Yeah, Sunday in the evening mm-hmm. when the shooting happened. Uh, I don't remember after that Maybe yeah. uh, After two months, two months or so, I kind of figured out what exactly happened. Well. Yeah. It's been difficult for me and also because um, it's one of offices where I feel the safest, offices where I like going. I mean, uh, so it was kind of, I was not expecting that. Of course, I've been threatened before and Mm. I have met people, there were letters sent, but I actually never thought that someone would actually come and shoot me.
1: Tungam, uh, how often do you face these threats? I mean, is it like, a, is it become like a, you know, like a routine thing
0: for you now? No, not really. Um, it's not so much. Before it was, before hmm. it was, before the shooting, it was uh, quite a nice no actually. <laughs> so right. many, so many threats, so many. But um, post that, it's all, it's been better, much better.
1: Right. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, Tungam, can you tell us a little more, uh, I mean, uh, details about wh- why they did this and what exactly, you know, happened?
0: I really don't know the details um, because uh, the case is still ongoing. I have not uh, been called by the court and... Uh, am I'm told that uh, the papers are lost uh, yeah I was coming to that <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I'm re- I really don't know but yeah according to what the, the, the chart sheet that I read hmm. I think uh, they they identify the person and they say that uh, he shot me because he didn't agree with the things I was writing or he or because I didn't give him space in the newspaper I see. So, uh, But then um, I really don't think um, enough, you know, uh, research was done or investigation was done. I feel that the police didn't do its job. I feel that the court isn't doing its job. And it's been nine years. I've almost forgotten about it. The only thing that has remained with me is the pain that I, you know, I go through every day. The physical pain.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry, Tungam, <laughs> for bringing this <laughs> no, up. No, um, um, hmm. uh, so uh, the main accused is still at large, is that correct? Yeah. And yeah, the other two are in jail. So recently uh, you posted on Twitter that, the, like you just mentioned, that the Guwahati High Court is yet to return your files from the case from
0: to, since 2015. Yeah, since 2015. That's a long time. I, mean, I don't know why the papers were called in the first place. Wow, and uh, also that they they've not
1: uh, called you yet to give a statement to the court. No. Oh my God. And uh, so, uh, you know, in your tweet uh, you said, "I'm quoting you. This is justice system of India, and I'm done with it, and I'll write. Uh, court can go to hell." I mean, can you can you tell us a little more about how you feel about the authorities having failed you? Uh,
0: you know, so badly. I feel let down um, and I, I've reached a point in my life where I'm like, you know, what's the point of going to the police or what's the point of uh, going to the court when it takes so long, nine years and still nothing. And, and also now I'm not, you know, I'm not too sure whether there actually is going to be any justice at all, whether this thing is going to go on and on and on. I don't know.
1: Mm. And Tungam, the the CBI was asked to investigate the case, but they declined. Hmm. Do you have any idea why, if the police failed to do its job?
0: I think uh, CBI has some norms which cases to take up. The government had written to them um, after the shooting, and they said since it's not an interstate thing, so they will not take up the case.
1: Wow, okay. So, um, listeners, I would uh, like to inform you that recently it was found out that all the material, evidence and case records uh, regarding Tongam's case uh, have disappeared from the police station. Is that right, Tongam?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, that's... That is shocking. This uh, this is not in my case. Uh, the It, it was uh, regarding the attack on Arunachal Times. They have lost all the material evidence and uh, they actually formed a police inquiry. I don't know what has happened to that inquiry. Whether they actually carried it out or it was just in a paper.
1: Right, right. So this is uh, uh, in regard to the attack on your office before uh, the shooting incident occurred.
0: Yeah, the computers have gone missing. The CCTV footage also has gone missing.
1: My God, that is that is so appalling. I mean, that's from the police station. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Tonga, moving on, you know, your focus has always been um, the environment. Uh, you already mentioned why. Um, you know, recently a major con- controversy has erupted uh, after the subcommittee of the Environment Ministry's Forest Advisory Committee. They cleared this 3097 megawatt Italian hydroelectric project in Anachal's Dibang Valley district. Right. Hmm. Uh, so for listeners who are not aware of the details, the project site is located near a tiger habitat. And the committee's approval came after they there was a field study that was conducted. And uh, the findings of the study was that uh, the project will not affect the tigers in the area because uh, they did not find any existence of tigers in the area and uh, the camera that they used uh, during their fieldwork. Tungam, can you tell us a little more about this project and uh, how you think it could affect the area and its Im- inhabitants, including animals?
0: Um, this is one example, you know, Italian project is one example where it's, it's, it's all the hydropower uh, here in Arunachal have not been studied well, you know. They just identify a river and they say, okay, let's make a hydropower here. Wow. This has been, that has been the case. In Italy, they started the study. First of all, uh, the WII, the Wildlife Institute Institute of India, did mm-hmm. not spend enough time in the field. Right. They they just spent four months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four months. Whereas this was a multi seasonal study.
1: I see, I see. And
0: they cheated their way. You know, they just uh, put together some report, some sort of, I mean, like hundreds of pages, but n- nothing. Not, nothing is there regarding the place, actually. Hmm. Regarding Italy, hmm. about the people or about the... I mean, they're not supposed to say people anyway, but then the impact that that's going to have on the people and biodiversity. They didn't do their job properly. That was one. And second is, we don't need such big hydropower kind of in mm-hmm. in Italy. That's one of the biodiverse areas in, mm-hmm. in not only in the Northeast, but in the entire country. Right. And right. you want to... It's it's not even a small one. It's more than three thousand megawatt, three thousand nine seven right. megawatt, and the area is quite fragile. Even yeah. for a layperson, uh, it's 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 very fragile, and it's it's a rich biodiverse area. So I really don't understand, you know, uh, why why they decided, and also the way it was the study study was carried out. as I said in four months, and they again mm. formed a subcommittee. Mm. In the to approve the study, WIA study. Right. So in funny, it's not even funny. It's tragic, you know. Yeah. So they put um, one of the persons who was a part of the wildlife, the initial wildlife Institute of India study, mm-hmm. the subcom in the subcommittee, and then they approved the study. Huh. So what kind of? I mean, mm-hmm. what kind of uh, subcommittee is that? I yeah. don't understand. Yeah. And also, the ministry did not give enough time to people, they just did that, um, I think, e-clearance. Right,
1: right, right, right. And,
0: sure. and, the, and the Forest Advisory Committee also did not do its job. They have mm-hmm. just thrown it onto the, Depart- uh, and the Ministry of Power. Now, right. the, the, the FSA should have taken a call. They should have said, you know, we need to do the study. Mm-hmm. See, I've reached a point right now where I'm like, okay, if you want to do a, you know, make a hydropower, mm. please go ahead, but then do the study well, you know. Mm -hmm. multiple seasonal studies take take everything into account and also should not forget that you know these will have long-term impact not only on the community but also on the the biodiversity and rivers usually die Mm -hmm. if you make hydropower i've seen enough hydropower projects in my life to say that rivers die
1: right uh Tungan, you just mentioned this has become like a real concern especially since the lockdown began how the environment ministry is clearing like all these major uh projects uh, uh regarding uh you know about large-scale mining infrastructure you know industrial projects that are obviously going to uh, have an impact on the environment and forest and wildlife, and they're j- doing this over video calls yes. and uh, without any proper field work. And uh, sometimes, in some cases, they're just uh, taking ten minutes each to you know clear a project. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, what do you think of this? You know, recently, you know, Ungam. Uh, I uh, uh, so I follow the Ministry of uh, Environment, Forests, and uh, Climate Change, right, on mm-hmm. Twitter and mm. they uh, i think on 23rd i saw this tweet uh, where they were tweeting about uh, western ghats and mm. uh, they said they said something along the lines of how western ghats are uh, like green gold for the indian economy mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so uh, do you think there's a major problem in just the way the government looks at environment and our and our land like just like a means of making money?
0: Yeah, this government uh, is not really worried about the environment. Yeah. They are not worried about the people, not worried about climate change, nothing. They have zero credibility anyway. But then the way they are clearing projects after projects, mm-hmm. it is very scary and it will have long-term impact right. on this country. And they really have to reconsider, you know, you cannot be clearing 30 projects Yeah, within within a span of what? not even two months
1: yeah apparently Tungam, uh from diamond mines to the new parliament and even the new parliament is also on land right there they've made like changed the law for 90 acres of land in the heart of delhi for the central vista project mm-hmm. and uh you know obviously it's going to there's so many public parks that people in the city That's their only access to nature you know all mm-hmm. of that is like given no consideration. And apparently 190 such projects have been uh, are being uh, uh, carried out through video conferences.
0: That is very scary. It has to change, you know. This really has to change. And the government of India need to remember that they are not dealing with, you know, they, their... Their responsibility is not these corporate houses, you know, they are responsible to the people, to the environment. Mm. They just should not be clearing anything without proper study. And most of the forest, we don't have much forest left, right? We need to be be specific. And why would mining everywhere, coal mining happening everywhere? Mm.
1: Clearances,
0: you know, it doesn't take a minute. Mm. Hydropower approved. Yeah, this has to change, you know, this really need to change. And, and I really don't understand what uh, Mr. Jeff Dicker is up to. I mean, is <sighs> what, what is he trying to do? I mean, is he even serious? Does he even know what he's doing? Uh,
1: I mean, uh, it's not even an opinion, but uh, I don't know if you saw his uh, interview with this. So uh, I don't remember which uh, it was some Western uh, media organization, right? And, uh, She was asking him about uh, the environment and uh, he said there are five, he said something so bizarre, like, you know, there are five elements, earth, water, fire or something like that. So (laughs) um, clearly we cannot expect much from somebody who seems so ignorant. Um, But uh, yeah, that is, I think, something that we're dealing with right now. Uh, Tungam, I really wanted to ask you one more question, you know, I, I've not been to Arunachal, but uh, I've travelled to Meghalaya and, uh, you know, I, I went to one of those, uh, the sacred forests in mm. Moflang, near no? Shillong. Mm. So there's so many like that, not just in Meghalaya, but around the northeast. you know, it's just, uh, there's uh, such a noticeable, uh, you know, difference in attitude that people have towards nature in the northeast you know almost mm. like this reverential yes. uh, kind of attitude right um, mm. do you think uh, do you think that has changed uh, over time um, because of the way government has been dealing with all these um, uh, with the forests and the environment and stuff like that and uh, do do you do you think uh, you know uh, we could imbibe this attitude somehow and, uh, you know, bring about a change. Do you think that's possible?
0: I think we have always been very close to nature. All our songs, everything is, you know, linked to nature. Mm -hmm. Our folklore, our stories, everything in the reverence for forest is always there, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: It's not... um, you will find that all the communities, their, their rituals are linked with the forest. Yeah. So it's very deep-rooted, you know, mm. our relationship with our, our forests, our natural resources. Mm. It's, it's very deep. And that is something, you know, people sitting in Delhi will not understand. Mm-hmm. When you destroy a forest, you destroy our culture, you destroy our identity, you know, you destroy a part of us, a part of our ritual. Right. And... And all these things uh, uh, are not important, I guess, for people sitting in Delhi who make all these policies and programs. Right, right. And uh, there has been some amount of change, you know, not within the communities, but, yeah, politicians, obviously they need to make money, right? Mm-hmm. And also, the Arnachal still a state very dependent on the centre. So the politicians here, irrespective of which party they belong to, they want to make money and uh, the the and we are so blessed with nature yeah. so they look at our rivers you know they look at our forests they look at our coal mines so that's that's how how it's, uh, it's the destruction has started mm-hmm. all the states uh, look at uh sikkim is a very good example of mm-hmm. how they have destroyed yeah. Tista. Yeah. tista yeah yes yes tista is almost <laughs> gone yeah and now they will do the same thing in Arunachal. The the reverse here, you know. They will they will do the same thing, and it's I feel very sad to see you know uh, our nature going. Even yeah. I don't I don't understand how it's going. I don't know how it's going to change or how it's going to take shape. Uh, but I you know at the rate the uh, politicians and the policymakers are going. I don't think we'll have any river left, you know, flowing free. Yeah. It's in the in the next uh, ten years.
1: Oh, wow, that's a scary thought. Hmm. Tonga, um, uh, do you think? Uh, what is the attitude of people? Uh, you know, there uh, towards this Tibangwali project? General attitude uh, I, of people.
0: I don't think there has been a very, uh, you know, widespread debate on it. Um, the Italian project, of course, people did not have much objection. Mm. But the Bang project, it went on for the longest time. You know, protest by people, and the mm. state used force um, to silence them. The students, were at the forefront of you know uh, these protests. They were, mm. they were shot, uh, and uh, wow. and the state, like you know, very violently crushed the protest. When, when happened, was this? Uh, I think this was in 2009. I think. I see. So and, and yeah, and it happened in, in Siang Valley also and in Tawang as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the protest, it's always been there. But Italy, of course, people did not protest much because they were not aware what was happening. I see.
1: The again uh, brings us back to the lack of transparency and information from the government uh, itself, right? Yeah.
0: So the the huge amount of money that's paid, you know, that's that people are set to get hmm. from the Hyderabad companies, yeah. it's uh, it's mouth-watering.
1: <laughs> Oh, Well, that's well put, Tongam. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Uh, As an environmental journalist in India, uh, do you think publications, uh, more often than not, uh, do not give enough priority to environmental and wildlife news, you know, unless there's some exotic animal involved?
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's very true. And environment, of course, they, they, you know, uh, we need to give more space to environment. Environment, I think, is one beat where you really have to fight, you know, to get right. attention, whereas is one of the most important beats.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, all, ideally, in an ideal world, all newspapers, like how we have such a, like, multiple pages dedicated to sports and stuff like that, we should have, like, at least one whole page dedicated to just environment every day.
0: Yeah, you can stop covering stupid politicians, you know, and exactly. put in <laughs> instead. That's enough. You just take out like five politicians and you, <laughs> you, you make space. I like sports. So I'm going to be a little bit partial.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, there's uh, no coming back to the pandemic. We've hardly talked about it. Uh, you know, there has been a noticeable spike in the number of cases in people testing positive for COVID-19 in the Northeast. And uh, I think there's, you tweeted, there's one positive case in Arunachal now yes right so um is the states health infrastructure prepared to handle the increase in cases as people keep traveling and you know coming back to their home state and uh, and just overall how do you think states in the northeast are dealing with the pandemic
0: i don't think we have enough uh, health facilities you know i one case okay i can understand but i think five serious cases in arunachal will make sure that the health system collapse. Oh, are you
1: serious?
0: Yeah, cases. Uh, yeah, I'm serious about that. And and also because uh, we didn't have uh, uh, ICUs in, the, in Arunachal, though we have a magical college here. It huh. was just put together a like, couple of weeks ago after the pandemic started. So that's how bad the health system is. Um, so yeah. basically
1: you have to travel all the way to Assam for any serious... Medical yeah. treatment.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, mm. same, with, uh, same with same with Darjeeling also. You know, if we fall sick or in, there's any serious operation that is to be had, then we have to go down to Siliguri or to Calcutta or come to Delhi. You know. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the same thing here. The rich guys will go to Delhi or Chennai or Bangalore. Yeah. The poorer ones will. Die, right. and those who right. can afford will go to Assam. Right. Its healthcare system is very bad not only in Arunachal, everywhere in the Northeast. I think Assam is an exception, but then mm-hmm. it's also not able to take the load. Look at the spike—more than three hundred cases. Yes, going yes. to get worse, you know. And yeah. Assam obviously will not be able to take the load from other states.
1: Yeah. just yesterday, I think Himanta Biswa Sharma said, "Please don't come back unless it's absolutely necessary," because you know there's too much pressure uh, already. Mm-hmm um uh, so overall i mean uh, do you think there's any state in the northeast that's dealing with it well
0: i really don't don't know we i mean Arunachal uh, was one of the first states to lock down because mm. uh, because the approach here has been you know uh, towards prevention mm. so they just locked down everything and mm. i really don't think we have seen the challenge it has only started because yeah. now now people are returning home
1: Mm -hmm. So,
0: uh, now since it it is the case everywhere in Nagaland, in Sikkim, in Assam, and also in Arunachal, you know. Um, So, now the real challenge will start, I think it's going to be very crucial the next uh, couple of months, you know, how we deal with this, because I think it's going to stay here for some time. Thankfully for Arunachal, both the cases, it's been asymptomatic um Mm. so you know um in a way i guess there was not much challenge for the state but if there are serious cases i don't think we'll be able to deal with it and also the lockdown here in 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 the region Mm. you know they didn't really have to work hard because the the indigenous people already have that you know system in place hmm. it's hmm. Uh, some sometimes you know earlier when there was nail healthcare system the hmm. best way was to lock down the entire village you know for uh, yeah. weeks to get there if, if there was an epidemic you know for yeah. months it has happened and it happens even now there are rituals where you're not supposed to step out of the house for five days or out of the village for five days oh. you know those systems actually worked
1: mm-hmm. to
0: a large extent and also we have very few people, just twelve lakhs in Arunachal, so it yeah. was not so difficult. But okay. the real challenge is yeah. now. I mean, now that we have a case, and I don't know, many more are supposed to come back home. So I really don't know how well equipped the state is. I mm-hmm. personally think it is not well equipped, mm-hmm. although they might say something. Uh, yeah, different. <laughs> yeah, different. At the yeah. most, in five five serious cases in Itanagar is what we need. I mean, oh. for the for for. And it's already exposed to how bad the healthcare system is. In what way? As I say earlier, there, there was no ICU. There was, mm. you know, just nothing. Um, the the <laughs> even I mean, this is funny. I don't know whether to call this is funny or not. There's not even huh. oxygen cylinders. You no, know, oh. they just been brought in now. So I don't know. Uh, maybe because uh, the. Politicians and bureaucrats can afford to fly out from Italy, uh. get themselves treated. So the health sector was not uh, of much importance. Now the government they made an announcement earlier that whatever funds coming from the center will be spent on upgrading the healthcare system industry. Right so, now, mm.
1: <laughs> even uh, the center, you know, just I think yesterday or day before yesterday. Uh, the health ministry, after cases crossed 1,30,000 or something, then the health ministry issued an, uh, issued a statement saying that, oh, now we have to really ramp up the healthcare system in <laughs> India for the next two months, you know, after cases have crossed 1 lakh, so. Uh, but, uh, Tungam, how do you think India is doing compared to other countries, like, you know, for example, US and Brazil in terms of handling this pandemic?
0: Yeah, I mean, the politicians they tend to compare India to Brazil Hmm. and and, uh, America. They should be comparing the country to South Africa, South Korea. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's, I'm not even, I don't know much about health, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you that, you know, if you step up the testing, then you Mm -hmm. will find more cases. There's not, no, exactly. I don't know what's the exact number of testing for Arunachal. I think it's just Mm -hmm. uh, 5,000 plus for. You know, five thousand plus yeah. Wow. and uh, and and the results of more than six hundred um, samples are awaited. So you you don't know what's you know that the testing.
1: So itself. so as the I as I understand, uh, even the results uh, are delayed, right? Because of the lack of testing centers,
0: yeah, and overload. The, yes, and yeah. also there are not enough uh, workers. You know, enough people train people. Yes, to, yes, yes look after these lips.
1: Right. Uh, uh, Tungam, <laughs> this has been such a good, uh, you know, conversation with you. Uh, so my last question to you, but really important is, uh, Tungam, uh, you know, you've been a journalist for so long and, uh, you know, your story itself is so inspiring. There's so many youngsters who want to become journalists, but, you know, look, owing to the current time and how difficult it's been, you know, to survive as a journalist in this country. Many of them are having second thoughts, you know, of pursuing a career in journalism. Um, Do you have a message for them? And uh, just another, like, uh, question related to this itself is, do you have any advice to children in schools and colleges who deeply care about the environment and conservation? Um, Yeah, do you have any
0: advice for them? Hmm... So I'll uh, answer the first one. Yes, I think I mean it's depressing if you look at the TV, but I think online and uh, newspapers have done pretty well. So I mm. don't think they should be discouraged. Mm. Uh, they should join media. I mean, for uh, for a democracy to be vibrant, we need a uh, vibrant media. You know. Yes. Yes. So it's everybody's responsibility to make sure that you know that. This country remains a democracy. (laughs) Yeah. So, media has a big role to play, and youngsters need to be you know, encouraged to join this profession. It's mm-hmm. challenging. There is no money, but still um, <laughs> there is some amount of satisfaction. So I'm just hoping that young people will join. Right. And I really really do hope, you know, I teach uh, sometimes. So I usually ask, you know, are you really serious about joining media? And when they raise their hands, I'm like very happy. And sometimes I ask <laughs> them, do you read newspaper and Sometimes no, there is nobody, so yeah. it can be surprising. <laughs> yeah. And regarding environment, you know, um, that is something which is very close to my heart. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's also very depressing that you know we are about to lose everything, and we should not be doing that. You know, we should leave something for the future and not destroy everything. And also I see these young people tweeting, young people going to social media, you know, Mm -hmm. whatsapp group regarding, uh, uh, you know, environment issues all over the country. It really encourages me you know, I think uh, we just, adults just need to make sure that there is some left for the younger lot. You know, we need to, Protect it, preserve it for, for them. Our mm. time's over, no. So we should not be too selfish. We already did all the destruction. So <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. should not do it more.
1: All right. Uh, thank you so much, Tongam, uh, for your time. It has been delightful and enlightening at the same time talking mm-hmm. to you. And we wish you uh, all the best for your future and continue doing all the brave and fearless work that you do and you have all our support.
0: Thank you so much. Keep up the good work and it's nice that someone called from Delhi to find out what a journalist is doing in Itanagar. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tungam. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry.